Orbital Gardens, this is Mission Control. We are confirming acquisition of your signal. You are live in 5, 4, 3, 2... Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Gardeners of the Galaxy, the podcast for all of the sentient beings in the universe who have a passion for plants. I'm Emma the Space Gardener and I will be your host as we explore gardening on Earth and beyond. In this episode, I'm going to be telling the story of that time NASA tried to kill schoolchildren with mutant-based tomatoes. Or did they? More on that a little later. The big space news, of course, is that Jeff Bezos is going to launch himself in his Blue Origin rocket on the 20th of July, which is the 52nd anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing. The most important thing about this particular flight is that Bezos is taking Wally Funk with him. Wally is one of the Mercury 13, the women who passed all of the same astronaut tests as the Mercury 7. Since NASA wouldn't send a woman into space, Wally has been waiting all this time for her turn. At 82, she will become the oldest person to fly in space. Wally has never given up on her dream, and that will be a flight to remember. Virgin Galactic founder Sir Richard Branson should beat his billionaire rival into space. The first crewed mission for Virgin Galactic is due to launch on Sunday the 11th of July, so that should have happened when you hear this. This mission is named Tubular Bells Part 1, after the first album released by Virgin Records in 1973. With all the seats taken by Virgin Galactic employees, I wasn't very excited about this launch initially. However, it turns out that astrobotanists Dr Robert Furl and Dr Annalisa Paul from the University of Florida are sending one of their plant experiments on this flight. Mission specialist Sarisha Bandler will be taking care of what may well be the first human-tended experiment on a suborbital spaceflight. I'll be including more details about that in Monday's edition of the Gardens of the Galaxy newsletter and I'll put the sign-up link for that in the show notes for you. Cargo Dragon is circling the Earth ready to begin its return journey as I'm recording this. Dragon is bringing back some really exciting research samples, including the space radishes I spoke with Dr. Carl Hassenstein about in episode 13. The Apex 07 Arabidopsis experiment is also returning, alongside the Australian wattle seeds that have been hanging out on the International Space Station as part of the Asian Herbs in Space programme. And some students are getting their experiments back too, including two that looked at seed germination in space and the one using camel milk to make astronaut smoothies. So it's an exciting time for astrobotanists everywhere, but if you'll join me in the Gardeners of the Galaxy time machine, we're heading back to 1984, when the general public was altogether more dubious about plants that have been in space. In April 1984, NASA sent canisters containing 12.5 million Rutgers California Supreme tomato seeds into space as part of the long-duration exposure facility LDEF experiment. LDEF was a cylindrical satellite about the size of an American school bus, and the space shuttle Challenger deployed it into low Earth orbit. The tomato seeds were for the space-exposed experiment developed for students, SEEDS, which was to see how exposure to weightlessness and radiation affected the growth of the tomatoes. The plan was that Challenger would collect the LDF in January 1986, but sadly that launch ended in disaster. The SEEDS finally got a ride home on Columbia in January 1990. After six years in space, schoolchildren all over the world grew the space-exposed tomato seeds and compared them with their Earth-bound counterparts. There was a little flurry of anxiety early on when an internal NASA memo declared that there was a remote possibility that radiation-caused mutations could cause the plants to produce toxic fruit. 
The memo reported that the research director at the Park Seed Company, which supplied NASA with the seeds, seemed to favour against eating the tomatoes. However, the educational material sent to the teachers participating in the experiment included no such warning. NASA officials conceded that there was an infinitesimal risk of toxic tomatoes, but they defended the decision not to warn teachers and students about consuming the experimental harvest. Instead, they said that, as part of a scientific experiment, the tomatoes should not be eaten anyway. However, Gilbert Yano, head of the JPL Centre's education outreach programmes, said he would probably be one of the first to eat them. Jim Alston, director of research at Park Seed, confirmed his intention to eat the tomatoes because the chance of biting into a poisonous one is so remote it is almost impossible. Ken Seeley, a sixth grade teacher in Turlock, said his students would not only eat the fruit, in a community salad, but that he had a contract with a large commercial seed company to dry some of the fruit so that they would have second and third generation seeds. Vincent Rabatsky, a vegetable specialist at UC Davis, said that the odds were one in several million that cosmic radiation would cause a mutation, and even less likely that it would cause a toxic one. And even if it did, he said it would be very easily determined, as the tomato would taste like skunk meat. So while some schools did pull out because of the risk, most went ahead with the experiment. In April 1992, NASA issued a press release about the project. It's my favourite press release of all time, so I'm going to read you the whole thing. It's entitled, Attack of the Killer Space Tomatoes? Not. Space tomatoes have been popping up all over the world. In fact, more than 3.3 million budding student scientists and 64,000 teachers in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, and 34 foreign countries have grown and compared space-exposed tomatoes with Earth-based tomatoes. The students have completed their investigations and NASA has analysed and compiled their findings. The results indicate that the space tomatoes were as healthy as their Earth-based siblings and were tastier, juicier and sweeter. NASA now knows that seeds can survive in space for long periods of time with little or no change in the resulting plant. The Space Exposed Experiment developed for students, SEEDS, is a national science project that brought students into the scientific community to experience the excitement, interaction, hope and disappointment that is the nature of science. The National Science Experiment involved flying over 12.5 million tomato seeds in space for nearly six years. SEEDS was one of the 57 experiments housed on board the Long Duration Exposure Facility, LDEF satellite, launched by the crew of Challenger in April 1984 and retrieved by the crew of Columbia on January 12, 1990. Experimental observations were compiled by students in elementary through graduate school. Of the 8,000 reports returned to NASA, the findings suggest that the space-exposed seeds germinated slightly faster. In addition, the space-exposed seeds had a faster initial growth rate observed for the first three or four weeks of growth. Eventually, the Earth-based seedlings caught up with their counterparts and, overall, no differences were found between the two types of plants or their fruits. Many seed participants did not return the data collection forms or returned partially completed forms or forms with reporting errors. Any shortcomings in data reporting should not overshadow the primary value of seeds. Students from all over the world contributed data and learned about science from an experimenter's viewpoint. In addition to the basic experiment, some student researchers used the SEEDS project to begin long-term research on such topics as space seed histology, chromosome morphology and cell cycle time of the space-exposed plants and their descendants. Other student investigators are conducting third-generation studies. 
Three student-designed experiments discovered that the space-exposed plants had greater levels of chlorophyll and carotenes than the earth-based plants. In addition, tests found that light absorbance was greater in extracts made from space-exposed plant tissues. Finally, results from laser-induced fluorescent spectroscopy concluded that space-exposed seeds exhibited premature chlorophyll development. Seeds was designed to be quality, hands-on science. Students experienced the successes, failures, puzzles and solutions inherent in scientific problem-solving. Seeds had all of these rewards and hazards, especially to the plants. A child in Ontario wrote, Dear NASA, hi, my name is Matt, I am in grade 2. I really enjoy growing my plants. Here are my results. My earth seed did not grow. My space seed grew, but it fell off my desk. It died. Those plants fortunate enough to survive the rigours of the classroom were transported to the outside world to begin their new life in a garden. However, unpredicted hardships and natural disasters began to fall on these plants' newly found freedom. Hailstones hit certain areas, as did late freezes, high heat and thunderstorms. Some seedlings became prey for mice, moles and worms. Other plants suffered from people disasters. A parent in Portland, Oregon, wrote that his stepson found his space plants were not even safe from his four-year-old sister's Michael Jordan three-point shot when it rebounded and severely damaged both of his space-exposed plants. Miraculously, the plant survived and later produced a tomato that won the Youth Division Vegetable Oddity Blue Ribbon at the Oregon State University Extension Seed Harvest Fair. As for the fruit, researchers were quick to reveal the tantalising effects on their taste buds. Some reported the fruit as tastier, juicier and sweeter. Others claimed the tomatoes had thicker skins and more seeds. Others simply said, made enough gazpacho for a week. Tests of fruit pH found no difference between space-exposed and earth-based plants. Space-exposed plants also performed normally in tests of geotropism, tissue culturing, seed weight and phototropism. Interesting observations reported include differences in plant size, leaf shape and size, stem and leaf colour, root size, stem thickness and resistant to heat, cold, drought and pests. Even though many student researchers were disappointed not to see drastically altered mutant plants and fruit, it is now known that seeds can survive in space for long periods of time with little or no change in the resulting plant. One of the most interesting occurrences resulting from the experiment came from the media attention surrounding the possibility of radiation-induced mutations in the space-exposed tomatoes. A Los Angeles Times article warning of a possibility of poisonous fruit from the space-exposed plants appeared shortly after the seeds were distributed. The article was based on the science that radiation can affect the DNA of the seed, resulting in lethal alterations. In the space-exposed seeds, such somatic mutations would cause a point mutation, altering the DNA molecule at a single base pair. Such a change would only affect the resulting plant, most likely being lethal to the plant itself, and would not be passed on to the plant's descendants. It is more likely that such a mutation would occur in normal earth-based tomatoes, given the number of tomato plants grown worldwide and the cumulative amount of radiation and other mutagens these plants are exposed to each growing season. Radiation emission occurs naturally in the environment from soil, building materials, rocks, groundwater, food and even our own bodies. But as explained in the Seeds Teacher's Guide, the effects of long-term radiation exposure were one of the chief variables of the experiment. Nevertheless, the articles added a new realm to the experiment that would have been missed had the article not been published. In most cases, teachers saw the attention as a good way to stimulate thinking and discussion about the experiment, teach concepts of radiation and radioactivity, and develop an understanding of genetics and mutations. An elementary teacher in San Antonio wrote, 
The experiment and the media flap produced much discussion about radiation mutation and the like. We feel the experience was very beneficial to the students. Many teachers reported they enjoyed eating the space-exposed fruit. One teacher planned to make tomato jam as Christmas presents. Ken Seeley, a teacher in Turlock, California, represents so many creative teachers in the country and exemplifies the way the space tomatoes were embraced by the world. He saw seeds as a way to excite students about the space programme and teach good science. He organised seeds distribution throughout Turlock public schools, kept schools updated through a newsletter, developed social events to inform the public of his students' success and involved more than 500 people in seeds. Knowing the good weather conditions of California, Seeley raced the nation in producing the first ripe space tomato. To celebrate, his classes organised the first bacon, lettuce and space tomato sandwich party. Seeds exposed future scientists of the nation to an experiment that tests the effects of long-term space exposure on seeds and set the stage for one of the country's largest science learning projects. States one parent from Boston, Our children were eager NASA scientists, fascinated with the concept of space tomatoes and rewarded not only by their satisfaction coming from the completion of an independent scientific search, but also by the realisation of working on a national project with unknown results. You have provided the children with a special and well-designed experience which they'll always remember. Many teachers also wrote warm and encouraging words to NASA. An elementary teacher in Port Orchard, Washington, wrote... Thank you for giving America's schoolchildren an opportunity to really be a part of the space programme. I am thrilled with the level of interest today's youth have for anything that has to do with space. An elementary teacher in Brock Point, New York, responded, The part that excited my students the most was a sense of pride in knowing they were doing the same thing as students in all parts of the country. It provided great opportunities and similarities in lots of different areas and still feel a sense of real unity as Americans. Written by an elementary school teacher in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. The project was indeed exciting for all of us. Seeds from space! Do it again! Science is alive and well for my sixth graders. They felt a part of a real-world project. Thanks! NASA Administrator Daniel S. Golden responded. To the elementary school teacher in Robbinsdale, Minnesota, and to all students, teachers, parents and communities who participated in SEEDS, we at NASA also found the project to be exciting, informative and rewarding. When government, industry and education team together, we can bring the students of America a great national science project. Many thanks to our cooperative partner, the George W. Park Seed Company. NASA plans to continue offering national science projects to stimulate interest in science through active involvement. We sincerely hope the learning from seeds will continue for many years to come. For someday, these budding scientists will be the experimenters and explorers on Space Station Freedom and at the Lunar Outpost, and they will be the first Martians. Space Station Freedom, of course, later became the International Space Station. I wonder whether any of the astronauts who have been to the station took part in the SEEDS project. The space-flown SEEDS didn't fare as well on this side of the Atlantic, unfortunately. Reginald Turnill, who had covered the Apollo rocket launches as the BBC's aerospace correspondent, had arranged with NASA for some of the tomato SEEDS to be brought to the UK. Reg appeared on the popular children's television show Blue Peter, which had, and still has, a demonstration garden. Reg's plan was for the tomatoes to be grown there and also to be distributed to British schools. However, it fell foul of the Ministry of Agriculture as the seeds did not have an import licence. 
There's a lovely archive clip of BBC News covering the situation in 1991. The Ministry had sent out a memo instructing all schools participating in the project to destroy their tomato plants. However, at his home in Kent, Reg Turnell had grown them and eaten the resulting tomatoes with no ill effects. He had saved seeds for a second generation of plants and the Ministry dispatched a representative to try and convince Reg not to eat them. Their argument was that the seeds could pass through his body and end up growing on the outflows of the local sewage plant, which does, in fact, happen, posing an unacceptable risk to proper British-grown crops. Reg refused to comply, stating that this outpouring of bureaucracy had made us a laughingstock in America and throughout the space community. And that's not even the last time the tomato seeds caused a problem. In 2017, packets of the space-flown tomato seeds made their way to Italy and then to Australia. Unaccompanied by the proper paperwork, once they arrived in Sydney, the seeds only made it past the biosecurity officers after being blasted by gamma rays. Head of biosecurity operations Nico Padovan was quoted as saying, All seeds or plant material imported to Australia must meet our biosecurity conditions regardless of the country or galaxy they've arrived from. These particular seeds posed a relatively low risk as they did not encounter alien life forms when in orbit and the importer is keeping them on display as a collector's item and not for sowing purposes. Space-flown seeds are indeed now collector's items and there are some people still trying to grow those original space tomatoes. After more than 30 years, it's not likely they'll have much success. Tomato seeds are estimated to have a lifespan of around 8 years if they've been properly dried and stored. It's quite possible that their time in the vacuum of space extended that, but the clock would have started ticking again once they came back to Earth. For the last 20 years, schoolchildren in Canada and the United States have had the opportunity to participate in a very similar experiment. Tomatosphere uses a hybrid variety from Heinz seeds called H9478, a plum tomato, sometimes referred to as a Roma tomato. The website confirms that the fruit is safe to eat and best used for juices, sauces and salsas. Most of the tomatosphere seeds have spent time on the International Space Station, and you may have seen pictures of astronauts posing with large seed bags in the cupola. But in October 2020, tomatosphere seeds were part of Blue Origin's 13th New Shepard mission. Those seeds went to space and came back in less than 11 minutes aboard the fully reusable New Shepard rocket. That's the ride Jeff Bezos and Wally Funk will be taking to space later this month. I'm Emma the Space Gardener and you've been listening to Gardeners of the Galaxy. You'll find the show notes on my website, theunconventionalgardener.com, which is also home to a virtual tip jar for those of you who would like to support the show. To become a regular supporter, simply head over to patreon.com forward slash gardeners of the galaxy and you'll be rewarded with early access and bonus content. I'll be back in two weeks with a special anniversary edition of the show. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Orbital Gardens, this is Mission Control. Confirming termination of your signal. We have spoken to the engineering team about the smell you've reported and they have requested that you try stirring the WC tank. Mission control out.